Hello, it's Professor Nigel Adams, Director of the Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit, and we're on, yes, number seven of our Entrepreneurs Podcast. And we've reached, in fact, a friend of the first one, who was, of course, Matthew Campbell. Well, this time we're having Sean Ruane, and uh, he's going to talk about his experience after or being in business enterprise, a BSc business enterprise, and then afterwards, what's happened to him. So, Sean. Hello, Nigel. Thank you so much for having me on. You're very welcome. Um, first question we've asked everybody, um, what's your background? Where did you come from? You've got an interesting name. It sounds not all that million miles away from Matthew. Well, absolutely. Yeah, when we were at university, we were always confused. Uh, this English English guy with an Irish name and a, an Irish guy with, uh, with a bit of an English name. Um, so my background, I grew up near uh, Cambridge, but uh, my, my family on my dad's side are all from County Mayo in Ireland. Uh, so that explains the name. Um, but um, yeah, Cambridge, or at least Cambridgeshire, uh, is where I'm a native from. Ah, okay. Um, why did you want to start your own business? Okay, well, my first business, uh, if you can call it business, I was about 13 or 14. Um, I used to teach drums and I found that teaching a student each night wasn't the most efficient way of doing it. So what I did is I recorded videos, created a website, put them on the website and charged for a password uh, to, to access those. Uh, and it just made a lot more sense because it took less time and, and made more money. Um, so that was that was the first idea, just because it saved time, really. Uh, and then I created loads of different uh, failings of websites um, throughout my teens. Um, but primarily, uh, it was, I think, to, to con a combination of controlling my own destiny, uh, but also I loved the idea of creating something and putting something out into the world. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I moved out to uh, America in... 2012 now um and uh joined two other guys and and we started uh, a, a business out there and, and lived there for for three years or so so i'd say that that one out there was was my first serious one so you've always it's been in the blood i mean your family involved in family in um, business like matthew actually no one no no I, I really i'm a bit of the black sheep of the family actually in that sense um I'm the, I'm the first one so no not even a connection there like i said it, it wasn't even the idea of business that that got me into it per se it was i kind of came through the the, the back door of, of business in that sense it really was just time saving um and creating something that was the main reason that, that i really got the the bug for it Interesting. Again, that's different from a lot of people who've come at it from family reasons or other things. So it's quite interesting. Um, so um, how do we, we love after asking this question, which is um, Buckingham, as you probably know, is a little bit of a, of, a, of a secret, really. How did you find the University of Buckingham and the Business Enterprise or BBA programme? So it was, it was when I was in America, actually, and I you know, a time was coming up where visas were up and we were looking to come back to the UK. And it seemed like a really good time to um, get my degree finally, because I was I was uh, a little bit older um, than than everyone else going to um, going to university for the most part. 
Um, and so it was that was that was a driver for me. I, I wanted a combination of two things. Number one, I wanted to make sure that wherever I went, I just had a chance to keep my head down and actually study and, and not do too much partying or, or anything like that. But the second part was that I'd already had the the, the entrepreneurial bug that, that had taken hold. So I wanted to make sure that I had uh, the opportunity to keep running a business. So with those two things in mind, I just Googled and, and found this great enterprise course that had a practical sense of raising capital, running a business. And the icing on the cake was that it was two years. So we worked through our summer vacations. And um, as an old man at 24, 25, I managed to get my degree in two years and it seemed like a real win-win opportunity. And it was, it was a no brainer. A lot of people seem to say that as well as a two year degree, which we are of course promoting now avidly and, uh, and others seem to be catching on. It's not a bad idea. Um, and so you, you found us, you found us through Googling, which again is another way we hear a lot or, or word of mouth is the other one we hear of, of course. Um, so, Thinking back, your first few days at the university, um, you arrived, what did you, well, of course, you'd been interviewed by me earlier, but then you arrived at the university and there you were fresh, fresh faced, even at your age. And what happened? What was it like? So, yeah, first few days. Um, I mean, the first thing that I, I, I remember the class, uh, only a very small class, which was really refreshing. I, I don't know why, but I still had this idea of this big kind of American style university where there'll be, you know, a hundred people on my course or something ridiculous. So first thing I remember is being in a, in a very close knit class. And the second thing was being really inspired by everybody that, that uh, was in the class because they were all, entrepreneurial to some degree they all had different backgrounds in it they're either running or, or or had run businesses in the past and that was the first time in my life that first day sitting um in that enterprise um room in um uh, and adr uh, at buckingham um and it was the first time that i'd sat basically in a room of similar aged entrepreneurs um so that I just found really inspiring. I definitely felt that I was in the right place at the right time. That's for sure. Um, and it was actually on the first day, obviously, that I'd met uh, Matthew, who we've already mentioned. You had uh, episode number one, I think. Um, and I met Matt and um, ended up that we, we lived pretty much next door to each other. And we started talking about potentially setting up a business. So that's certainly the first vivid memory I had of the very first day. And um, what about the other people? Once you had Matt, Matt's had lots of named calls, hasn't he? But what happened about the um, the the other students? Um, how many of them do you remember? And and again, where where were they all from? Um, I, I I remember pretty much ev pretty much everyone. Um, and I think you make a good point, Nigel. That was another aspect that um, I think actually being a Brit. I was in the minority in the class, which was awesome. I thought that was really cool. So um, we had people from China, one from Switzerland, um, Nigeria, um, genuinely all over the world. Um, but I, I remember every, pretty much everybody on, on that on that course, and, and yeah, they were from uh, dotted all over the world. And. Um... What was your feeling, though? You 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 mentioned that you felt at home. Um, I mean, how did you how, how did this come about? Was it was it did everybody have 
immediate ideas. I know we were talking to Matthew about how you two hit it off immediately and, and almost hit it off immediately, well, did hit it off immediately with the business idea. What happened with the others? Do you remember? Um, so I, I definitely remember that not not everybody on the course had an idea from from day one. Um, uh, and, and also, you know, one thing I'm a big fan of is the, the whole agile or lean approach to, to business. And so you definitely saw that over the first two to three months where people were iterating and changing their ideas. Uh, and that was only once they'd, they'd kind of found it. But I think that the, the primary the primary objective in those first few days or, or weeks, it was really the, the who rather than the what. And I think actually outside of university, when you are growing uh, businesses, that still rings true that it is really who you work with that, that tends to be the most important. And certainly um, talking to our own angel um, investors or, or VCs, that is the first and last thing they look at is who they're investing in. So with all that being said, I, I remember that although not everybody had an idea, it really was just mingling with one another, talking, getting to know each other and just getting a feel. Could I start a business with this person? And that was the, the number one thing that I think people were going through. Mm. And of course, you were in. We've had a few homes, as you know. We were the easy lot to move, if you remember. Um, yeah. We we were we were once up in in Chandos Road, and, and then of course the medical school had to take over, and then we ended up in in various places, not very impressive. And then of course your time, we were in the cottage, weren't we? Yeah, we were pre bend cottage. Never forget it. Um, and uh, a lovely little charming building, and that was our enterprise hub, wasn't it? Two two little rooms with exposed beams. Um, and yeah, we, lots of um, lots of late nights there, uh, pizza deliveries, working on the whiteboard, the computers. Yeah, that that was uh, my first enterprise hub, that cottage. And of course, you had next door Joy and her Afro Caribbean hairdresser, our, our spin out. Yeah, yeah, that that was great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, she was. She, I, I um, for, for obvious reasons, I, I never went there, Nigel. Uh, <laughs> I had my uh, had my hair done. Uh, but um, I, I never forget because we were next to her. Um, she was always laughing and joking um, all day. She had, seemed to have a real infectious, positive personality. Um, so yeah, I ne never forget that. Is she just out of interest? Is she still there? Yes, I locked down has obviously caused us some fun. Um, but interestingly, whenever I meet her, she always says, "Hi, boss. How are you?" Which is rather nice. Which is a very nice term. But anyway, I must. I've actually remind me. I must phone her up and see how she's doing. Because again, a lot of people have gone through, as you know, lots of problems. Um, now we've talked about the class. We've talked about the the enterprise hub, as it now was. Of course, you've been to see us in our new one, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. I've been a, I've been a few times. Actually, <clears> throat> throat> yeah, it's a very different world, and um, pretty jealous of your enterprise students now because that's. That's a, a real, a real cool place to um, to design businesses, create businesses. Um, massive, it's massive in there. Certainly compared to the cottage. It is. Well, we will need it for um, for social distancing, of course. So uh, that's that's that. Yeah. We're going to be. It's going to be very useful. That is, at least. Now, um, let's go on to your your time. Um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about your time at Buckingham. Your your. Can you remember your? Oh, hopefully, your favourite times. Um, when you were studying, what was your favourite moments? And of course, I'm going to ask you the ones that are more difficult and dis disappointing ones. But let's start with the favourite ones. Um, okay, so certainly when Matt and I came downstairs from pitching our business, and that's that part of the bit, that part of the course where you go and 
actually raise real money, like a real dragon's den. I remember them being called the Buckingham Angels, I think. Um, and we were we were grilled quite rightly for, I don't know, it felt it felt like five hours, Nigel, but it's probably only half an hour or so, um, from everything to the concept to the future proofing to um, the, our value proposition, all of our forecasting, um, and it turned out, um, I think, for the, the lack of a better judgment of the angels, they gave us the money, and we came down, and that I never forget that where I think man, I just took our ties off and relaxed because it was weeks and weeks of building up to that moment. And I think for almost everybody on the course, that was prob- probably the first time that you you pitched a, a business concept, a business idea, and, and actually raised money for it. Most other businesses uh, were probably self-funded, right? You just grow it from home. So that that moment on that lawn outside of, of those those cottages, those row of cottages, that was the first very vivid memory of, of a really, really high time. The I mean generally actually the 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 moments i really liked um were when we'd have late nights in adr um and we'd just be working on our business or revising for um an exam or something and you'd have that real sense of being in it together you'd you'd order pizza you'd have you know drinks or whatever and just that midnight kind of revising they they were really what the university was about for me. I, I, I miss those. I don't miss revising, Nigel. But um I, I yeah, I, I miss being around around ADR and, and just having that sense of we're all in this together. So what not one particular memory, but I love those moments. Mm-hmm. And are there more more challenging times? You is there when things you're not too keen on? Um so I mean I guess I'm I guess we can we can break this down into two parts really, like my my academic and my personal. Um, so academic uh, most challenging were so number one when we were r- running the business, um, it was the, the time where we realised that maybe the concept we'd created didn't scale so well, and we were trying desperately to change the model and try to remove us out of the the scenario and the equation to make it scale and they were frustrating because it was disappointment um and that's one of the biggest things you have to learn as an entrepreneur that your baby that you think is perfect isn't perfect it never is and you have to face up to the fact that you're going to get things wrong but going through those moments um that was a real disappointing one uh, for the other part, uh, academically for me, was quantitative methods. I think um, I spectacularly failed at QM. I hated it. I was so bad at it um, that it was that was a re- that was a real low point. Because generally, on on the other things, I, I did okay, uh, but but QM, I just could not get for the life of me. So that was frustrating academically, personally. Um, I also went through um, depression while I was at university. Um, so um, that was also uh, a, ultimately a positive life change. I learned a lot from that, grew a lot from that. Um, but that on a personal level was, was certainly challenging. 
and certainly one of the things in those days, we talk about those days, this is, I mean, we laughingly said this is less than five years ago, four years ago, five, four or five years ago. Four um, years ago. Yeah. But again, it was not, it was not, it was not talked about so much. And now, you know, Anthony in the last five years has done a great deal on trying to promote um, student welfare, well, everybody's welfare. Um, and so it's, it's far more talked about now. We've got far more support. Uh, but it's still one of the things we find is that, that entrepreneurs are uh, in interesting places on the scale, if you know what I mean. And therefore, we, we get used to that and we do our best. We are in an environment where we are much more of a family type approach. I think you'll agree with that. Oh, totally. Totally, Nigel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I owe a lot to my course mates, um, you know, you and Christian, the course itself, and obviously the university and the, the student welfare, everybody, um, to basically, I, I think, to some degree, being here today, if I'm honest. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, having that support network was was priceless for me. Um, and it was uh, an interesting experience. But um, yeah, I mean, the Buckingham uh, as a whole, I just put everyone in that category of Buckingham um, pretty much saved my life. Yeah. Well, there you go. Um, now let's move on to something else. Um, yeah. Your biggest learning point from your time in Buckingham or, or if you've got several well what is it you really absolutely remember as, as learning from it the first learning point is who you work with I've, I've said this before earlier on but I, I think it's who you work with is nine times out of ten just as if not more important than what you're working on and that's true for the business we started that's true for studying for exams or anything like that mm. it's who you have around you and so my that's number one. That's number one. That those that that strength of building or that skill, shall I say, of building relationships, maintaining relationships, choosing the right people to surround yourself with. That's that's the first thing. Um, the the second one. Again, we joke about it as like the old man in the lecture hall, but you you really can um, achieve a lot more if you put your mind to it. At school, I was. I really was a solid B and C student. I was I was so average, um, and I and I came back to university, and I really was kind of hoping for a two two or something, just basically to graduate and just say I had a degree. Um, and I think that that experience of going to university and really pushing myself and achieving um, grades and things like that that I that I never thought I could really opened my own mind to. Um, a growth mindset that you you can teach an old dog new tricks and mm. that was me um so that was a second point of you put your mind to it i promise you you can achieve it they were the the two main points uh from kind of people uh, academia um and i guess to some degree that both of those neatly translated into growing the business and i think it's this idea of letting go of failure this this idea in society that you try something and you fail it means that you've not you've not succeeded or, or at least you've not progressed a failure seems the opposite of progression but at buckingham i learned this certainly carrying this on outside of university failure is part of progression that you can't separate them they, mm. they absolutely are and so getting comfortable with failing and being okay giving yourself permission to fail whether it's quantitative methods, whether it's your business idea, um, or whether it's in your own personal life, um, it's it's okay to fail as long as you learn and move forward. And so that's probably the most like important or fundamental lesson that I learned. Yeah, very good. Um, I'm. I was talking about you and 
and um, Matthew to a lady a couple of days ago um, on on the fact of well one thing let's let's start before I go into that um, can you just say a little bit about the business that you and Matthew ran from almost day one well you certainly started thinking about it from day one right the way to the end uh, yeah. number one it's name yeah students for startups yeah so. Um, I think by the end of our first week, we'd bought the domain name and started building the website. Hmm. Um, and so Students for Startups, it, it really was at one of those magical moments, if you will, that it was a problem that I had and a separate problem that Matt had. And we brought them together to create one solution. So when I'd been building businesses growing up or, or the one in America, I realized that you can't do it all yourself. So you have to outsource either building a website, your graphic design, or something like that, and you outsource it to professional. That's that's great, but it does come at a cost. And most entrepreneurs are, are bootstrapping their ideas and paying hundreds or thousands of pounds for a website or a graphic designer isn't that practical at times. So that's a problem that I had kind of inherently found in my experience. And um, and Matt, um, who he's a few years younger than me, he'll laugh at that and say many years younger, but I'm, I'm going to say <laughs> Um, he, he found that, um, you know, it, it, coming from school and graduating and not having any experience made it really difficult to try to find work. So we had this idea of Matt having um, a load of skills from school, but no experience and, and me trying to grow businesses, failing at businesses uh, and, and trying to outsource. And we brought those two ideas together. So the concept of students and startups was to um, connect entrepreneurs and young businesses to university students so that um, you can pay a university student to design your graphic logo, for example, you get the uh, logo for far cheaper than a professional and the student is building up their portfolio while studying. So upon graduation, their work experience isn't just Sainsbury's or McDonald's or something. It's actually a portfolio um, of logos. So that, that's what students and startups did. It brought those two together. Now, the person I was talking to was a lawyer, and uh, I actually said to her, well, interestingly, these two lads said they learned more about their business uh, when they were writing the terms and conditions, which took a, a term, I think I remember you saying, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. and and with, with the lawyer, the legal um, uh, lecturer or lecturer who was actually a practicing solicitor as well, yeah. um, and, and of course, you had two different types of terms and conditions. You remember your clients and your and your um, your what do we call them? Your clients and your customers. I think we called them. Didn't well, we? yeah, it was that. Yeah, absolutely, Nigel. Yeah, we wrestled with that for for hours and days and weeks and, and a term in the end. So we we because of the situation we found ourselves in, we we had two different uh, people to to look after and technically both kind of customers. We were serving both of them in in in, in different ways. So we had. Uh, the the business, if you will, the entrepreneurs that were seeking to to actually get our services and use our services, they were technically the customer. So we had a, a contract that we entered in with with those guys, and then we had the university students. Let's take the graphic designers for example. They were technically our contractors. That's the way we had to set it up. So the the um, entrepreneur would or the business owner would come to us. They'd be our customer and pay for our services. Would would enter into a service agreement with those guys. And then at the same time, we then contract this project out to a university student that we would have to have to enter into a, a contractor style agreement with those. So, yeah, I've uh, I've never wrestled with contracts um, e even since university, uh, as much as Matt and I did there. And uh, of course, you have the challenges of getting students to actually do what they committed to do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> who'd have thought it, Nigel? Well, you wouldn't I... think it'd be difficult, would you? <laughs> no, no, Quite we. Amazing. 
no, actually, we we definitely gambled on that, didn't we? Our whole business was uh, was was built on the back of nineteen, twenty year old university students. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with a few hangovers and things like that, that's for sure. Um, but there you go. Well, that's that's interesting. You said it's a challenging time, even more than you've suffered or suffered since. Um, so talking about since, well, you you managed to graduate. Well, you you actually got you got a first, didn't you? I, I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. I you see, there you part. go. I can, I can say that to you. See, I, I don't didn't tell Matthew. I don't even mention that to Matthew. But you, yeah. you did very well, and uh, you do deserve it. Well, I, I don't give away first, as you know. It's, um, I think you got, you did get to the not bad at all at all, didn't you? So you got that. Yeah, we had, yeah, Matt and I, I think, uh, all at all. That was about. You got to the at all at all, so that was all right. So what happened then? Now I remember there was something. The interesting thing is with one of our wonderful um, um, uh, visiting entrepreneurs, Richard. Cook, who got involved and encouraged you and did a few other things, but then you got a job. <clears throat> absolutely, yeah. So this is I'm th absolutely all thanks to Richard Cook. So Richard Cook, uh, an amazing entrepreneur, uh, a serial entrepreneur from memory. Now he mm. came in and was giving a talk on sort of thought entrepreneurship, and mm. um, I, I can't remember exactly how we got talking, but um, I we I think we we walked back to the business school and, and I was talking to him along the way about I guess a bit about my experience asking him questions and he said that he uh, either I reminded him of someone that he was um in talks with I think to either coach mentor and or invest I think but um yeah he uh, he said I'd like you to 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 meet this guy so I I went down to to London um and met met this guy called called Stuart had a, had a great chat and genuinely hand on heart I thought it was as much kind of just a networking opportunity just a it's great to to you know shake hands with a a real life entrepreneur that's you know I think at the time less than one year into this new business and um and then Stuart called me um I think within a week or so and said I'd like to I'd like to offer you a job afterwards so I was very very fortunate that when I graduated I went straight into into this company now this company is called Clear Review, um, and uh, in a nutshell, it's um, helping companies move away from uh, annual appraisals uh, and replace them with continuous performance development of their employees. Uh, and it's, uh, it's a cloud-based uh, cloud piece of tech that supports that. And that it's a it's a very high growth business, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's been a white knuckle ride, that's for sure. Um, so when I joined, though. I think there were three of us um, in the in the business in January 2017, um, and yeah, since then we've gone through a, a seed fund and a Series A fund, and we are now at uh, just under three million pounds recurring revenue. So our model is SaaS, uh, software as a service. So we operate on a recurring model of our revenue. So we're just under three million recurring revenue, and we're about 40 four zero. Uh, employees now over England, America, and Canada. Wow! And what's your actual role? So my 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 role is director of customer success. So mm -hmm. when you uh, when you have a SaaS model, the idea is to bring in customers uh, and help them derive value from your offering. In our case, the piece of software. And the goal is to hopefully have them keep renewing their contract with you, hence recurring revenue. So mm. um, I, yeah, I uh, created the, the customer success function um, and, and built a team out of that. So within my team, I now have six customer success managers. They're, they're the people that directly look after the, the customers and, and, and have their own portfolios. 
a support person and an implementation specialist. So basically everything from contract signature all the way through to uh, invoicing and renewing uh, their license with us falls within um, customer success. Very good. And um, you have a customer that we both know, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, the university um, uses uh, Clearview, would you believe? Um, so I couldn't wait to join uh, Tom, our salesperson, one of our salespeople that, that came and um, did the pitch. And, um, and, and I quite happily joined along. And um, it was a really nice full circle moment, I must admit, uh, that I couldn't, couldn't believe that I was kind of coming back, bringing a business that, that I helped grow back to university. And again, we we uh, we like to see we like to support home industries, as you can imagine, was my yeah. kind of approach. I wasn't even involved in it. I'm pleased to say, no, it was left to our HR people and others who who decided they were going to go with you. I think they uh, they seem to be satisfied, don't they? Oh, we'll have to wait and see, Nigel. Maybe we'll have to edit that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but, um, yeah, so, so far, so good. Good, good, good. Um, so then then. Bring it back to the university a bit more and your time as a business enterprise student. Um, yeah. How much do you think you've used your experience and your studies and the work you did in the university and, and, and Buckingham in your daily work today with Clear Review? I, I mean, I mean, firstly, it's a simple answer every day. I'd say. Um, I, I think, other than the the basic. Um, mechanics of understanding how how business works from mm. marketing, economics, accounting, things like that. Um, I, I think the the biggest aspect that I took personally was this idea of the lean business principles, if you will. That I, I remember. Do, do you remember the? Um, I think it was the lean business um, canvas. Do you remember? Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Business model canvas. We're yeah. still using it. Yeah. We're still using it. Perfect. Yeah. Um, that's a framework that I still use um, when, um, you know, kind of creating new processes. So even though, I mean, we're still a young company, don't get me wrong. Um, and I think by some measures of, of standards, we're, we're not even wildly successful or anything like that. But the, the success that we have had, um, you still have to change what you're doing on a daily, weekly or monthly basis, certainly quarterly. Um, um, and, and that frame of thinking, that frame of mind, of just stepping back, stepping out of your own ego and uh, addressing what they call the founder's assumption. So when you create something, you assume that it's probably going to be a good idea. Otherwise, you wouldn't create it. However, that doesn't mean you're right. So this idea of constantly stepping back and analyzing your idea based on real world feedback, in my case, customers, um, and reiterating what you're uh, working on and how you're, you're building your processes, that concept of constantly redefining what you're doing is something I use every day for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's 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 uh, even as the business grows, the fact that we were, were getting you to be startups. But as you know, and you're realizing that the, the startup is one thing, the growth business is a very, as you said, it's a it's a it's a heck of a ride, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, it, it's, I, I think it's one of those, to, I don't want to be too cliche and throw out a load of Instagram motivation, <laughs> but it, it's one of those things of what I think what you've, what you've done to get you here won't get you there or something like that. Yeah. Um, and, um, and absolutely, you know, what, what you do to get your business from zero to six months, six to 12 months, 
that is absolutely out of date if you're trying to then get to the next 12 months and, and the next level of half a million to a million revenue or something like that. Mm. Um, so you really have to constantly change who you are. And I think that you always had this saying about a comfort zone, Nigel, and I, I think you probably spoke about it on Matt's podcast. Mm. Um, do you remember his famous quote? Um, go on, now you've got me. Uh, yeah, so Matt, Matt always said he doesn't have a comfort zone anymore. Oh, yes, of course he did. Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Yes, I should have said that. I should remember that. Yes, of course. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was one of the things. Um, that, that's, the thing, that's the thing that changed him. Absolutely. Should have remembered it. Very bad. Um, now, one thing, talking about comfort zones, uh, there we were all proceeding at a very steady rate in early 2020. I get the year right. Yes, poor old soul. Um, so then suddenly this thing called COVID-19 appeared. Um, what, how's that affected your business? Um, yeah, so yeah, COVID, so uh, in lots of ways. Um, so the firstly, I think the first thing we can take is how it affected uh, our employees at Clearview. So we were lucky enough, obviously we're tech, so as long, you know, for the most part, as long as we have a laptop and internet connection, we're, we're generally okay. And we, we, um, we adopted a culture uh, that was kind of flexible working. So um we worked from home two to three days a week anyway so when mm. we all overnight went to full-time working remotely thankfully we just about handled it but there was a big impact on the personal culture because you're suddenly not seeing these people even twice a week uh, and that mm. was a big deal i actually brought on um a, a new person called stuart he joined my team and he i've only met him once and he's worked for clearview for six months now and uh, we had to onboard him all remotely all through zoom the whole thing um mm. and, and that was interesting um but certainly that's how it affected employees um, in terms of how it affected um businesses i think it affected both positive and negatively so um again talking about agile and lean a lot of the the smaller end of the spectrum of our companies, they were the ones that were affected the most. Um, mm. We we want to hit them head on and approach them with uh, solutions around their invoicing to help their cash flow, discounts, uh, delaying the start of their contract, whatever it might be to help them ride the wave. Um, and we also um, we also have a few um, premium features on Clearview that people can pay to add on to their basic package. We actually just kind of released the gates for three or four months and just said, have, have it all, uh, everyone, just to help get you through um, COVID. So mm. that, that was one thing that we had to uh, think on our feet of how we can meet our customers halfway. Um, so I think that now we're feeling the, the repercussions a little bit of the, the financial impact of COVID. We really, mm. I feel like we rode out the first wave but now we're, we're dealing certainly in customer success with a lot of customers that are now saying, actually, when furlough is coming to an end, we will be laying off a portion of our staff. And so we either don't need this platform or we're looking to, as we say, contract, like contract the number of users and licenses. Mm. So we're, we're now having to, again, iterate and pivot our, our, our offering, how we service them, how we meet them, how do we keep them um, so that's definitely this quarter and next quarter top of the agenda for us. So looking after the customers you've got, which you remember one of the things we always used to say, it costs less to keep a customer than go and get another one. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As they say, the, the cost of acquisition of a customer is, I can't remember how, but it's, it's you know, three to absolutely. five times what it is or whatever. Absolutely. You know, a lot, lot of money, a lot of yeah, money. Yeah. Don't, don't lose the good customers. Well, don't even lose the ones that are not 
great because they're still customers. Um, that is a very uh, interesting approach. And also from you as a person who's in a, in a company that's grown enormously from three to 40 employees and turnovers going through the challenges of COVID. But let's go back to you starting again. And there you were on that first day, um, the older person in the team. But what would you say to yourself then from now? What advice or what comment would you give to yourself as, as the on the first day looking forward to what the, you were going to go through? Um, for, uh, firstly, I think I'd be quite blunt with myself and say you, you will fail at times. Um, a, a lot, actually. You will fail a lot in your personal life, your academic life, your business life. Um, but I think be kind to yourself. Be patient. Um, and know that it will work out in the end. So patience around failure, that's certainly one. Uh, and don't beat yourself up. Don't dwell on that too much. Learn, mm. but move forward. That's the, the number one thing. And I think the second thing is a combination of try a bit of everything. Just, just get as much out of university as you can. Experience everything. Volunteer for as much um, of, of different activities that you can. Because do you know what? Those, those things that you volunteer... Uh, volunteer for whatever they might be really they're, 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 they're the things that you talk about just as much with you know employee uh, employers or mm. networking as you do your your normal day-to-day -day modules so try 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 everything um and enjoy it it's going to go so quick so please take your time to enjoy it because you're only going to really get this get this time once and the, the other thing about buckingham you meet people interesting people from all around the world don't you yeah, yeah. So, yeah, definitely um, get as many phone numbers and email addresses as you can. Because um, uh, I, I think I could just about hop around the world uh, based on the people that I met uh, at university and get back. It's uh, it's a wonderful life. Um, sure, it's been very interesting. Um, and I think, uh, again, a different approach. And please say we've managed to get different approaches throughout the, the, the the podcast so far and i think it'll continue like that because you're all the different types of characters and all going in different directions but all uh, as certainly being successful so uh, thank you for your time thank you for spending it with us and uh, if there's anything else you want to say please say it um so firstly thank you to both you and christian for inviting me thank you for everything you did for me at university uh, and if anybody's listening, thinking about joining uh, Enterprise, I can say that, um, it, for, I mean, for me, uh, it was life changing. And that's not an overstatement. It really was. So don't think twice. Just just go and do it. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Take care. If you'd like to get more information about Buckingham Enterprise and Innovation Unit and our amazing students, please click on www.beiu.co.uk where you can also find more podcasts.